Broadcasting from down on the bayou, it's the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by Lake Area Media, LLC. And now your hosts, David Boston and Patrick Fry. to episode 116 of the Amp Wrestling Podcast. My name is David Boston. He is Patrick Fry. And before we get everything started, here's a simple way you can help you boys out here on the podcast. You know, you see up there, you see the Patreon link, but you're saying to yourself, Mikey O, I'm just like you guys. I'm broke as a joke. I don't have any extra money to give you, but I do shop on Amazon from time to time. Well, there's a great way where you can help support the show and shop on Amazon at the same time. All you have to do on your phone or your browser, go to tinyurl.com forward slash Amazon amp. That's Amazon AMP. What that's going to do, it's going to send you to our Amazon affiliate link. Save that on your browser as your Amazon link. And every time you shop at Amazon, we'll get a percentage back. It's about 4%, 8%. So everything adds up in the long run. So if you would do that, we sure would appreciate it. That's Absol- what's up, man. Oh, not too much, man. Ready uh, to talk some more uh, wrestling or wrestling, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm about six days removed from a tooth extraction, so uh, but I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. It's been kind of going. I'm not in pain, but definitely got a you know a little tenderness, a little soreness still coming in and out. So uh, I'm going for a little checkup though tomorrow just to make sure everything is going a okay with uh, the the recovery process. But it's like in the mornings, yes. it it feels you know I feel like it, there's something that could be bothering you, but in the afternoons I feel fine. So I don't I don't know what's going on here. Maybe it's after I brush in the morning. Uh, it, it might feel that way, and and then as the day goes on, it just gets better. So I don't know, but we'll. we'll I think everything's okay, and uh, you know I'm able to talk. So that's the most important thing right now as we uh, get ready to record the podcast. But um, on today's episode, episode number one sixteen of the Amp Wrestling Podcast for Tuesday, October nineteenth, two thousand twenty one, we're going to preview WWE Crown Jewel, which is in two days over in Saudi Arabia. We're also going to talk about the AEW buy-in and Rampage going up against SmackDown last Friday night. Also, during that buy-in, there was a match between Brian Danielson and Minoru Suzuki that was uh, quite interesting. We'll talk about that match as well. Also, uh, Eric Bischoff made some uh, interesting comments, gave some, uh, quote, uh, I guess unsolicited advice to Tony Khan. And we'll talk about that. And then we got some rumor mill stuff for you. Braun Strowman met with a wrestling company CEO for a long chat. WWE's Madison Square Garden Show main events. Uh, is there another retro Raw on the way? And also Karrion Cross uh, getting a gimmick change again. All that we're going to talk about coming up here on the Amp Wrestling Podcast number uh, episode 116 for Tuesday, October 19th, 2021. Find us on your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Just search AMP Wrestling Podcast. Marcus in the chat. What's up, y'all? What's up, Marcus? As always, we appreciate you coming to hang out with us here. Uh, whether we do the show on a Monday, uh, Monday, Tuesday or Thursday, really, the only two days we, we kind of do it. But, uh, you know, if in, there's any other days of the week, Marcus is always there. So, Marcus, certainly, we always appreciate it, brother. Come and hang out with us. But uh, let's go ahead and dive into the first uh, topic here. We're going to talk about WWE Crown Jewel, 
which is coming up here. And I had, there it is, I had the match card up here. So quickly, well, not quickly, but uh, kind of go through it here just a little bit and talk about it. Uh, actually, not too bad of a match card, in my opinion. I've seen some some wrestling fans online say that they're actually kind of excited. This might be the most uh, excited they've been for a Saudi Arabia show. Uh, Marcus said, hanging with y'all before I head to make this money. That's right, man. Go make that money. Hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, sooner than later where you work at, they'll be taking some of my money doing some sports gambling. But um, uh, hopefully that's sooner than, than later. I'm still impatiently waiting on that. But, um, yeah, for the Crown Jewel show this coming Thursday, a lot of folks, uh, a lot of wrestling folks, like I said, a little more excited about this one they really have some good matches um some very good potential for this show to be pretty good uh on on thursday it's actually going to be coming on thursday noon eastern 11 a.m central so uh for most of you myself included who will be at work i'll be following along because i've said it once i'll say it again peacock is absolute trash and i'm not spending any money on peacock so uh yeah they can they can have that but um I think, uh, let's see, the first match here, I'm going to try and go in order of um, least important to most important. Uh, Mansoor versus Mustafa Ali. Mansoor is actually uh, from Saudi Arabia. Um, I don't know if they really used him a whole lot on WWE television outside of the Saudi Arabia shows, but I guess he's a he's a pretty solid wrestler, and he's going up against Mustafa Ali, who's a guy who's uh, I've always been a fan of, very smooth in the ring. I think that should be a, a pretty... Pretty interesting match there. Uh, I, I well, you would, think since he's from Saudi Arabia, he goes over? That's what I was about to say. I, I suppose Mansoor might try to. They might put him over here. You know, get the. That's BS. Well, we'll see how good he is. Uh, I, I think I want to say he's, he's not won. Mustafa Ali good. Well, he might not be Mustafa Ali good, but it's professional wrestling. You know, anybody can beat anybody on a given night. But I, I think he is a. Um, I want to say he was on a Saudi Arabia show in, in the past. Uh, I don't know if he was on like the very first one they did. It was the uh, the greatest Royal Rumble. If he was a member of the that that Rumble match or or whatnot, or he, he was on a show before. So it wouldn't. Be, I don't think it's his first time on WWE television. Um, at least not in, in Saudi Arabia. I don't know if he's ever been on any WWE television uh, not in Saudi Arabia. But uh, so that's probably going to be. I don't know if they're going to have a pre-show or not. It may not be the first match, but then again, uh, putting Mansoor over just to kind of please the hometown crowd, which I don't know. In the past, uh, the, the 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 shows I have watched um, for from Saudi Arabia in the past, it's like all the, the I guess the the important Saudi people who sit on the floor. It's more like a social event than them actually watching the, the show. So, uh, but they do have a lot of kids. I think that in Saudi Arabia that are WWE fans that are not sitting up close and personal that are going to be invested in it uh, as well. So that that's a singles match. Uh, maybe it'll be a good match. Uh, this next match I think has a potential to be very good. It's going to be Edge versus Seth Rollins inside Hell in a Cell. Uh, this is a rivalry that kind of goes back a long ways. It all started, I think, about seven plus years ago, uh, when Seth Rollins. This is when he was with the Authority, and uh, he threatened to really, I guess, break Edge's neck uh, with a curb stomp onto the Money in the Bank briefcase, and uh, this allowed John Cena to bring back the Authority after they gotten rid of them. And uh, obviously, since Edge has been back uh, almost two years now. 
He's had his run-ins with Seth Rollins, and even more so recently, and now they've built up this pretty nice little feud here. Hell in a Cell, too. Um, yeah, th- this has a potential to be a really good match. Uh, I saw a picture of Edge. Uh, I think he shared it on his Instagram. Tell you what, um, Edge is, is pretty ripped, and uh, Mark Marcus Talbert said he faced Cesaro. So, yeah, he must have faced uh, Cesaro, I guess. I don't know if it was on WWE television in the States or if it was on a prior um, Saudi show. But uh, Marcus said he faced Cesaro, so I bet that was a pretty good match. But as far as Edge goes, um, yeah, I don't know if you saw this picture, David, but uh, Edge looking really ripped uh, these days. And, you know, Edge is obviously up there in age, but seems like he's in the best shape of his career. Yeah, he's been in phenomenal shape ever since he came back. And I don't know if you saw the thing on YouTube a while back that WWE produced. He still eats a case of donuts himself every week. And that's it. You're talking about Edge, right? Like, yeah, like 12 donuts in a pot. Well, hey, look. And he looks like that. Well, hey, look. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But uh, yeah. I, I wish I could eat a, a a whole box of donuts every week and, and still have that six pack. But uh, yeah, Edge versus Seth Rollins. I, I saw some fans uh, they, they think this has a really great potential to be a, a tremendous match. Uh, I think it could be. It, it, they've had a pretty good build up for it, in my opinion. So Edge versus Seth Rollins inside Hell in a Cell. And then uh, you have the two tournaments, uh, the, the finals for the two tournaments. The first one is the Queen's Crown Tournament. Now, before this tournament got started, I was hoping that um, you know Liv Morgan, w- this would be her time to get a push because it seemed like the fans were starting to really get behind her. But uh, she actually got eliminated in the, in the first round. So now the final, and I'm not even upset about the final because I think one of these two women... Uh, Certainly could use a push, uh, and this would be a good thing for them to to start that push. It's going to be Dewdrop. And this final straight garbage. Well, it's going to be Dewdrop versus Zelina Vega. I mean, obviously, Dewdrop, uh, who used to be known as Piper Niven, she's been around for a long time. I, don't, I still don't know why they changed her damn name, but uh, they're famous for doing that in WWE as of late. And then, of course, Zelina Vega, who got released, came back and uh, was wondering what they were going to do with her. So I don't know. I I really don't know who they could give this to um, because, you know, obviously in recent years, at least with the King of the Ring tournament, it's like whoever wins the tournament, it becomes their gimmick, that they're the the king. Obviously, they had King Corbin. They had King Barrett, um, just to name a few. And, like, it it becomes a gimmick. Yeah, King Booker. And uh, it becomes it becomes a gimmick, and I'm wondering if that's going to be the way they book it for the women. Is that they're going to be like the queen? And obviously, you know, Charlotte Flair kind of has that that gimmick going for her right now. But um, I don't know. I don't know. If they're going to give the Dewdrop or Zelina Vega. If I was a gambling man, which I am, I uh, I guess I would I'd put money on Zelina Vega to win this, just because she's I guess a little more well known. Then Dewdrop, Dewdrop is still fairly fresh, at least her gimmick is and her name is in a, on the main roster in WWE. So I guess I'd give the, the edge to Zelina Vega here. But uh, yeah, the Queen's Crown Tournament was a good idea. Um, and uh, uh, like I said, if Zelina Vega wins it, I won't be too upset about it. Why is she still holding on to the whole Dewdrop thing? Is she still with... Um I don't know, what's that hot chick's name that she was with at first? Eva Marie. Eva, uh, yeah, Eva Marie. She's still with her? Uh, no, I think Dewdrop uh, turned on her and, uh, you know, 
separated herself from Eva Marie. So I, I don't know what the whole dewdrop thing is about it, but uh, I, I guess, and I was about to say maybe WWE, I guess they would just want to keep her rolling, but you know, like I said, WWE, they're famous for just changing up stuff with gimmicks, names, whatever the case may be. So, um, But I guess they like what they got with, with her right now, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm not invested in it. I think it's garbage. <laughs> All right. Well, then uh, let's go to the next match. It's the King of the Ring tournament finals. I- I'm really looking forward to this match. I think these two guys can really put on a, a fantastic match. It's going to be Finn Balor versus Xavier Woods. There's been a lot of uh, fan push for Xavier Woods to win uh, the King of the Ring tournament. And then you also have Finn Balor, who as of late has really had the, uh, you know, they, they've been calling him the Prince. Uh, obviously, before he was in WWE, he was Prince Devitt. So now they're just calling him the Prince, and now they're using the whole, can he go from being the Prince to the King uh, to win the King of the Ring tournament? I would be fine with either guy winning. I'm a huge Finn Balor guy, but I think Xavier Woods, obviously, you know, he's part of the New Day, and you got guys like Xavier Woods who've already who's already become WWE champion, Big E, who is the current WWE champion. So, you know, Xavier Woods, and obviously they've had countless tag team titles between the three of them as the New Day. So uh, Xavier Woods adding King of the Ring tournament uh, champion to to his list of achievements would certainly just uh, add to the long list of achievements to them three as a trio. So I'm looking forward to this match. I think it could be a really good match. It looks like Marcus is all about some Xavier Woods winning the match. He says, Woods, Woods, Woods. Yeah, see, look, but, like I was saying, a lot of the fans are really backing Xavier Woods to win this thing. But like I said, I'm a big Finn Balor guy. I mean, I have a Finn Balor coffee mug at work, and uh, <laughs> I, I would not be upset if he won, but I would not be upset if Xavier Woods won because I think Xavier Woods, and it goes back to what I was saying about the whole thing with WWE you know, whoever wins the tournament becomes a gimmick. I would be all for King Xavier Woods and him really getting into that sort of gimmick. But I mean, you know, Woods has always been the third wheel of the New Day. I mean, obviously, you know, Biggie, he was an NXT champion back in the Dizzle. Kofi did his thing. Had a few belts before he had the heavyweight championship belt. Now Big E's the champion. It seems like they're almost sitting in the back room going, you know what? We really feel bad for Xavier because he's the only one in the New Day not getting any action. We got to throw it his way, even though he doesn't deserve it. (laughs) Yeah, he's funny with a trombone. But, I mean, what has he done to deserve a push like the King of the Ring can give you? I mean... Look, Xavier Woods has been around a long time. Um, He's won countless tag team titles. He's a great wrestler, too. He's had some really good matches. I mean, he hasn't really had, being in a faction and being with a tag team, he hasn't had that chance to really show off his singles, uh, you know, show him his skills off as a singles competitor. I think he's very charismatic. And uh, like I said, I, I think as as funny and as as entertaining as he is outside of the ring, I think he could really take that King of the Ring gimmick and just run with it and make it very, very entertaining because the last couple of guys who've won this have been heels. And so they, it's 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 been, you know, bad guys winning this tournament. 
that let's let a good guy win it and have some fun with it. And I think Xavier Woods is would be the the right guy to have a, a good guy win this tournament and, and have some fun with that gimmick. And see, I'm so lost in the whole WWE universe ever since AEW came around. Is, is Finn Balor a heel now? I don't think he's a heel. I, um, I haven't, you know... The way they've been booking him, at least from what I've seen, I don't think he's a heel. But then again, I I think they're just kind of booking him to be kind of neutral right now. So, um, you know, he, he's never been a heel in WWE either. He's always been, you know, a fan favorite. Fans love him. So, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, unless he does some heel-like stuff. And I, I don't see him turning heel, but then again, I could be wrong. Uh, Marcus said, I know this is all he talked about. His dream was to be king of the ring. So apparently, I guess that's a little bit of a storyline there too. Xavier Woods, his dream was to always be the king of the ring. So, um, I, I think he's, I, just check- I, I, he's he, go ahead. He's just checking off those bucket lists. Tag team champion, bang page, <laughs> king of the ring. Hey, well, <laughs> I, I don't know what, uh, I tell you what, on top of that list, Bang Page has got to be uh, up there as far as I'm concerned. Uh, that that was a, that's quite the accomplishment for old Xavier Woods there. And I remember, I still will never forget when the, the Usos and the New Day had that rap battle. And, uh, you know, the Usos said, don't go, hey, Big E, what's good, Big E? Let's keep it PG. Just don't get all rated R like your boy, Xavier Woods. And, boy, that was, oh, man. <laughs> Good times, bro. Good times. But uh, I got to give the nod to Xavier. I, I think he's going to get it. And uh, I think they're going to give him that gimmick of being the king of the ring. And he's going to run with it. And it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch that. So I, I got to I'm looking forward to hopefully Xavier winning and uh, him running with that gimmick. They can bring back the pancakes and give all his loyal subjects pancakes. There you go. Look, there you go. Just uh, another good idea there. Um, all right, the next match, a no-holds-barred match. It's going to be Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley. Now, I know, obviously, you know, Crown Jewel has always had that, that's, you know, that that feeling like, like, obviously, when Goldberg and Undertaker fought at Crown Jewel or whatever it was, I guess it was still called Crown Jewel whenever they fought, and it was just a terrible match because you had two old guys who really can't put on a, a five-star match anymore, Go at it, but now you got Goldberg going up against Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Lashley, I think, one should go over in this match and can carry Goldberg in this match and put on an actually decent match. And then it's no holds barred, so you don't have to have you know a technical wrestling match in the ring. You can kind of get some weapons involved. You can kind of brawl it out a little bit, which I think is more Goldberg's style and where he thrives a little bit better. But uh, I, I I don't I don't really have much thoughts on this match, other than uh, Bobby should still go over, and uh, yeah, because Goldberg is obviously trying to get you know revenge for uh, Bobby putting his son in the hurt lock um, back at at SummerSlam. So now Goldberg is back for a little revenge on that. But uh, I think this has potential to be a, a decent match uh, because it's no holds barred, and uh, I, I I would like to see Bobby go over Goldberg. Yeah, you know, I don't get it. You put on this shooter-type match where it's no holds barred, and obviously everybody knows Bobby's a legit bad mofo. Yeah. Been competing in the MMA, beating dudes' faces in. I mean, obviously there's no way Goldberg could even stand a chance against this guy, but because he's Goldberg and because the Prince wants Goldberg, 
man, we may see a Goldberg win here, dude. Uh, I'm kind of with you there. Like, I, I feel like Goldberg could win this because, one, it's not for a title. So, um, but, uh, you know, and it's one of those things Goldberg's going to come back, and obviously Bobby's still a, a heel. So, uh, Marcus said if Gage Goldberg doesn't get involved, keep the storyline of what happened, then I don't care. But and, and like I said, that's kind of what it's all about right now. Goldberg is basically just coming back at Bobby Lashley just for Bobby Lashley putting his hands on his son. So um, I don't even know if Gage is going to be there or not. I, I don't know if they're going to let him go all the way to, all the way to Saudi Arabia. But, um, yeah, like I said, this is better than two old guys going at it. But um, I, I could see a scenario just because there's no title on the line or anything where Goldberg gets the better of Bobby Lashley and, you know, kind of comes back, gets the revenge, and then, you know, and, and it, it's in Saudi Arabia. The Saudi prince might be a big Goldberg fan. You know, he likes all those old legends. So I, I definitely would not be shocked to see Goldberg win this match at all. Maybe Gage can come in and uh, kick Bobby in the balls. I like doing stuff with the balls over WWE. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, that That is very much a possibility. Um, so I... If Gage is there, I haven't seen if he's going to actually be there or not. But um, if he's there, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't get involved and try to do something dirty. And it's no holds barred, so anything goes. So there you go. Um, Marcus also said, give Big E his dream match against Goldberg. I'm all for that. Just so Big can live his dream. I think that'd be a fun match as well, Uh, Goldberg and and Big E. Um, And I would be shocked if that happened either. But um, I guess time will tell. Speaking of Big E, the next match... Singles match for the WWE Championship. Big E's going to defend against Drew McIntyre. Uh, two really big guys that uh, can move very, very well. Uh, this is going to be, I think this is going to be a really good match. I think these two guys can put on one hell of a show. Um, two big, strong guys, two big, athletic guys. Uh, um, what does Big E like to say? Just some big, meaty men slapping meat or something. I don't know, something like that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, something like that uh, is what Big E likes to say, and that's what this is going to be. This is going to be two big guys just going at it in the ring. I think these two guys are going to put on one hell of a match. I don't see Big E dropping the belt to Drew McIntyre, but um, I definitely see these two guys putting on one heck of a match. Yeah, you know, um, what what did I... uh, Oh, yeah, you say that, and then I saw this on the rumor mill, but we haven't, you know, we didn't put it on a rumor mill, but it says no titles are expected to change hands at Crown Jewel, at least according to the latest odds from bookmakers bet online. Well, you know, that's, uh, that, 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 that that doesn't mean necessarily anything. I mean, there's only, let's see. Well, there's four titles on the line. The Universal title, the WWE Championship, SmackDown Women's Championship, and Raw Tag Team titles. So um, this is the first title match we talked about here. But um, yeah, those odds makers, I mean, obviously they could be wrong because putting odds on professional wrestling, anything can happen in professional wrestling considering it's it's predetermined. But yeah, it's um, I I, I could see one title that's going to get changed. Uh, But then again, I don't know because... Uh, well, well, we'll talk about that match here coming up in a little bit. But let, let's go ahead and dive into the next match. It's um, going to be RK Bro, my favorite tag team in WWE right now, taking on AJ Styles and Omos for the Raw Tag Team titles. Um, I uh, I don't see RK Bro giving up the tag team titles just yet. I could see a scenario where 
Well, maybe not, because I know they want to kind of break up AJ Styles and Omos and kind of let Omos start to go do his own thing. But I think AJ may have said, you know, I don't think he's ready yet, so let's continue the, the going here and, and whatnot. And then I'm ready for AJ Styles to, to be back as a, as a singles competitor uh, as well because I, he's going to be on um, – they're, they're, they're on Raw now. So um, I, I think uh, he could certainly uh, – would be fun to see him challenge uh, Big E for the, for the title in, in the upcoming months or whatever. That would be a great feud, I believe, AJ Styles and Big E for the WWE title. But uh, I see RK Bro retaining here, and uh, maybe I don't know when, but at some point AJ Styles and Omos are going to break up. Omos will start doing his his singles thing, but uh, only obviously when he's ready. I don't know how far along he he is yet uh, as far as him being ready for a singles run. But uh, I, well, if they're going to wait until he's ready, then AJ is going to be a tag team partner until he retires. <laughs> Uh, that could be the case, but uh, I don't know. We we don't we you know we're not we we haven't seen what Omos can do uh, full just yet. But uh, yeah, Marcus Talbert said big meaty men slapping meat. Yep, that's it. So yeah, that, that that's what that that that's what the term was there. So but RK Bro, AJ Styles, Omos. I I think RK Bro is gonna retain here. I I like what Randy Orton and Riddle have been doing there. Uh, one of my favorite things going on in WWE right now. But did you see his wife blasting him on social media? I did about see, leaving yeah. their family. Hell yeah, I saw that. Uh, apparently, she deleted the, the, the tweet. But I mean, hey, you leave a tweet out there for thirty seconds, someone's screenshotting it and and holding yeah. on to that. So, yeah, that was very interesting. There's always been some, uh, obviously with Riddle, always been some interesting uh, outside the ring things going on with Riddle. So. Um, I don't know. I think him and his wife have a very unique relationship. Let's just say that. Yeah, maybe he left you because your ass is crazy. That could very well be a possibility, but um, who knows? So, um, all right. The next match is a triple threat match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, this is the title I see changing hands because right now Becky Lynch is the the, the champion, the SmackDown Women's Champion, but she was drafted to Raw. So why and so was Bianca Belair. So two thirds of this match for the SmackDown Women's Championship has been drafted to Raw, and these rosters go into effect after Crown Jewel. So it's it's almost too obvious, but it seems like Sasha Banks should win this match because Sasha Banks is still going to be a member of the SmackDown roster. So I don't know. Uh, I, I I see Sasha Banks winning. Maybe it's too obvious. I don't know, but because if if they keep the belt on Becky Lynch or Bianca Belair, or give it to Bianca, then uh, obviously Becky Lynch and and our Bianca they're gonna have to be on SmackDown. But that that defeats the whole purpose of of the draft that just happened a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I don't know, but I see I see well, Sasha maybe winning. They, maybe they want another like invasion type angle. You know, well, Survivor Becky Series retains, is coming up, it. yeah. She brings it to Raw, and she's like, "Look, Raw's my home now. I got the SmackDown belt. If anybody wants Smack, if anybody wants, you know, some smoke from SmackDown, come challenge me here at Raw." Yeah, that could be a possibility, and um, because it, you know, Survivor Series is around the corner, and obviously, Survivor Series has always been, as of late, a Raw versus SmackDown kind of thing, where they've had you know SmackDown invade Raw and vice versa, but. Um, I just see Sasha winning this, and uh, I, but then again, I don't know. WWE likes to make things not make sense, so 
I don't know, maybe Becky retains. Uh, but I could see Sasha pinning Bianca. That way Becky gets protected, uh, loses the belt, doesn't get pinned because she still has not been pinned. She came back, beat Bianca, and she hasn't been pinned since. So, um, And then obviously she had to give up the Raw women's title when she got pregnant. So it's been a while since Becky Lynch got pinned. And I think they're trying to like continue that streak of her not getting pinned. But uh Last time she got pinned was from Seth Rollins. That's right, and he he must have pinned he pinned her pretty good. He uh, put it in that small cradle. There you go. <laughs> but uh, I see Sasha winning this match. Um, put her in that Campbell clutch. There you go, bro. Any any uh, no telling what else he put her in. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I said, I see Sasha winning this match. So um, yeah, that's all I really got there. Uh, they're going to do a swap like the titles last year. Is what Marcus said. That's eh, possible because uh, because Charlotte is the Raw because she actually defended it last night on Monday Night Raw against Bianca Belair. I heard that was really a really good match on Raw, by the way, last night. And I think Charlotte is now on on SmackDown. So yeah, Marcus, you're right. I could see that scenario happening too. So that is definitely a a possibility. They've done that before with the tag team titles. I know. I don't know if they've done that with like the women's titles. Uh, in the past. I don't think they have. Not that I can remember. Um, all right. And then the, the main event of Crown Jewel is uh, the WWE Universal Championship. It's Roman Reigns defending against Brock Lesnar. And uh, I tell you what, I know we've seen this match numerous times before, but this one, uh, it, it feels a little different to me because this is the first time you have Roman versus Brock where Roman is with his obvious new gimmick as a heel, the tribal chief. And another plot twist is that he's got Paul Heyman in his corner when obviously Brock Lesnar has had Paul Heyman in his corner so many times over the years. And I feel like they've built up this match pretty well. Um, it's It's been pretty – to me, it's been fairly simple. Um, Brock Lesnar returned and also Brock's new look – um, I did see a thing where Roman said that how, you know, he, he likes Brock's new look because it gives him uh, a, a little more personality. It kind of allows him to be himself a little bit because this is, I, I think this, the, the way Brock looks not right now, you know, with the little ponytail, the beard and his, his attire and everything, I think that's the, the real Brock Lesnar that we are seeing here when he's not, you know, wrestling, when he's at home, uh, you know, in his personal life, this is the, that's, that's the Brock. Bang and Sable. Yeah. Bang and Sable. Um, that's the, that's the Brock that you see in, in real life. And, and, uh, I, I think Brock's done a great job here with this feud because it's been, you know, every week I've kind of seen bits and pieces of it, but like Brock is trying to get in Roman's head because obviously Paul Heyman is uh, the special counsel to Roman Reigns, and obviously Paul Heyman used to be the advocate for Brock Lesnar. But Brock Lesnar keeps, you know, getting into Roman's head, making Roman think that Paul Heyman is still sort of on the side of Brock Lesnar. You know, apparently he said Paul's the reason that Brock Lesnar is a free agent. Um, they had the contract signing. Um, back uh, on Friday night, SmackDown. And uh, they handed it to Brock, and Brock simply just signed it. And then Roman's like, Brock, you must be stupid or something, because who, what idiot would just sign off on the contract without even looking at it? And then Brock hits him with the, well, Roman, you see, I've already looked at the contract. I looked at it earlier with my advocate, Paul Heyman. And then, like, just dropped the mic and he walked out. And so, like, he's he's playing with Roman's head right now. 
uh, making Roman. And I don't know. We might see a swerve where Paul turns on Roman and and joins forces back with Brock. So that's an interesting twist to, to this feud here uh, because you obviously, like I said, you got Paul Heyman who's been with Roman for the better part of a year or maybe a little over a year now because uh, Brock hasn't been here. And then when Brock came back, obviously, you know, he's been saying Brock uh, – you know, Paul knew Brock was going to come back and, and all this thing. So Brock has been getting in Roman's head, making Roman question Paul Heyman's loyalty to, to Roman and the bloodline. Well, it seems like the smart play for Paul, right? I mean, no matter who wins, you're the winner too. Because if Brock wins, you know, you could be like, hey, I helped you out. You know, put me back on the payroll. But if Roman w- wins, you could just be like, hey, Brock was lying. Yeah, th- there you go. Uh, and, you know, hey, Paul Heyman's a smart guy when it comes to the wrestling business. Uh, he's playing uh, both sides of the fence here. So uh, it, 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 I, I like that angle that they've been been playing with this. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how that match plays out at, at in, in Saudi Arabia. I, I, I could see a scenario where Brock wins, but uh, definitely Roman's beaten Brock before. So um i don't know and it's one of those things you know if roman does beat brock and holds on to the universal title then who's going to beat roman like i you know if if brock doesn't beat him i don't see anybody beating him so i don't know um but my gut tells me roman's gonna retain but i could be wrong so we'll see but that's a crown jewel happening thursday noon eastern 11 a.m central on peacock y'all let me know how it goes because i once again peacock is trash and i'm not spending money on it so uh, I'll, I'll follow along on uh, on social media on Thursday. But um, hey, before we get out of before ahead. we get out of Crown Jewel talk here, PW Insider says talent heading to Saudi Arabia for Crown Jewel will need to have a negative PCR test before departing. And they also say that the belief is from the people they've spoken within WWE, all talents going to the event have been vaccinated as well. So yeah, I don't know. We could see some card um, changes here if somebody has a positive PCR test. You are right. They, uh, fly out. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, that's a good uh, observation there, David. Yeah, that is that is definitely a possibility. And we know, obviously, with anything, even before you know the pandemic and everything, you know, cards always subject to change. Although it rarely does happen, but in, in t- today's day and age with the pandemic, it, it could. It's even more likely that it could happen. So yeah, good good point there, David. But um. All right, let's move on now to uh, the AEW buy-in and Rampage uh, taking on SmackDown. It was a big talk last week. SmackDown um, and uh, AEW, the buy-in on YouTube, and then Rampage kind of going head-to-head for 30 minutes there. And I got some quarter-hour numbers here from um, the head-to-head here on how SmackDown did. Now, this is what made things even more interesting because uh, because of the Major League Baseball playoffs, SmackDown had to be moved to FS1, so they weren't on their typical Fox network where they draw easily 2 million viewers every week. They were on FS1 where they draw significantly less viewership. So with that being said, I'm just going to go straight to this is the numbers that starting uh, the the 9, I'm going to say this is central time, by the way, 9 to 9.15. This is quarter hour numbers here. So... 9 to 9.15 Central Time here. Uh, this is the numbers. Uh, total viewership, SmackDown, 882,000. Rampage, 663,000. So SmackDown, total viewership has the edge there. But let's look at the specific demo. Persons 18 to 49. Rampage, 363,000 viewers, which is basically half, over half right there. 
And then SmackDown only had 200, <clears throat> excuse me, and 77,000 viewers. So Rampage from the 9 to 9.15 quarter hour, Rampage actually had more viewership from the, the Target demo. And this was also Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks and then CM Punk versus Matt Seidel. This is what was happening uh, during the 9 to 9.15 quarter hour. So Rampage actually defeated SmackDown in that quarter hour in the 18 to 49 demo. So that's... uh. That's kind of big, if you ask me, for for Rampage there. Well, you know, it's a start, but, I mean, when you really, really look at it, you think, okay, so if WWE was on Fox, they would have annihilated them. Number two, FS1, for some people, is an expanded package. So people may have TNT, but they don't have FS1. Yeah. Right? So, I feel I mean, like FS1 is a pretty... For the most part, I think most people have FS1. That's just because uh, I, I I have FS1 on all my main cable packages that I got. I mean, I got two of them, but uh, one for the house and one for when I'm on the road. But um, yeah, I, I feel like FS1 is is in the majority. It's not in every, but it's in the majority of basic cable packages. Now, what I thought was impressive, almost. Because, like, the time that I logged on to start watching the buy-in on YouTube, yeah, almost 400,000 people had logged on to watch it. And then, as of right now, it's over a million views. And then, who in the heck put 951 dislikes on this video? That must be Facebook admin Randy with all his troll accounts. On the, Is that on the, uh, the, the, the buy-in the, YouTube video? The buy-in, yeah. Well, I watched the buy-in. Because the buy-in was fantastic. It was. Uh, we're going to talk about Danielson and Suzuki coming up here in a little bit, which was the featured match on that that particular broadcast. But I logged on. I, I want to say the concurrent viewers, the like people who are just currently watching, I want to say it peaked at like 98,000 during the Danielson-Suzuki match. So obviously a lot more people than that watched it. But watching at the same time live, I saw it peak at like 98,000 people, which is... It might have got to a hundred thousand. I never saw it get to a hundred thousand. The highest number I saw, and I was kind of watching it as the program progressed. But it was at ninety eight thousand, is what I saw it peak at. But real quickly here, uh, I'm going to tell you the nine fifteen to nine thirty quarter hour uh, numbers here. SmackDown total viewership eight hundred seventy four thousand. Rampage five hundred forty one thousand. But it looks like the the demo eighteen to forty nine two hundred and ninety three thousand for both of those programs smackdown and rampage so they actually tied right there uh, with the demo so it seems like total viewership goes to smackdown but man rampage when it comes to that target demo i mean they they are right there yeah no i care nothing about wwe anymore so i'm definitely an aew fanboy now so they definitely get my views uh, and uh, the overall, uh, those are just quarter hour numbers. The overall numbers, um, the demos for Friday Night SmackDown and AEW Rampage were both .24 persons, eighteen to forty nine. Uh, men eighteen to forty nine. Rampage actually got a .34 versus WWE's uh, SmackDown's .32 persons, eighteen to thirty four. Rampage got a .17. SmackDown got a .15. So the demos, like it seems. That you know WWE or I'm sorry AEW uh, in some of the key demos like they're either right there or they're beating WWE. So overall viewership though uh, 
like I said, uh, 866,000 for SmackDown, 578,000 for Rampage. So the overall viewership, and I think uh, like the, the one demo that WWE's SmackDown did much better over is persons 50 plus. Uh, so the old folks are a lot more old folks watching WWE SmackDown versus uh, AEW Rampage. But uh, I tell you what, man, the, the, the demos, man, AEW's is right there in the ballpark with WWE. But I, I would love to have seen how those numbers would have been had WWE SmackDown been on Fox versus Fox Sports 1. Well, it sounds like some of these old farts need to see uh, Ty Conti's backside, and maybe they'll start watching <laughs> AEW a little bit more. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, and there's also a chart. Most recent AEW Rampage versus the most recent. They got the NXT Raw, SmackDown, and Dynamite, which uh, I, I don't know how to read this, but person's 18 to 49. Um, Rampage would have beaten out the most recent NXT by 61%. Would have beaten out the the most recent Raw by seventy three percent, and uh, was even with SmackDown. So so there you go. But uh, so it, it seems that oh no, Raw would have beaten them out by seventy three percent. I'm 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 wrong. That I I I, I said that one wrong. So um, Raw would have beaten out that that demo by seventy three percent versus the the most recent Rampage. That is, um, but. Yeah, I don't think that particular demo necessarily matters other than uh, it looks like they, they the, the male 18 to 49, persons 18 to 34, females 18 to 34, and males 35, 49, Rampage beat out the most recent SmackDown in terms of those particular demos. So, so there you go. Like I said, it seems like Rampage is right there when it comes to the demos. Total viewership, still got you know ways to climb if you want to beat them in that, but the demos, I mean, they're right there. So uh, interesting numbers there from... Uh, this past Friday night, uh, you know, from uh, the buy-in and Rampage and, and SmackDown. So, but uh, speaking of the buy-in, uh, one of the the key marquee matches on the buy-in was a uh, Brian Danielson taking on Minoru Suzuki. And look, when I tell you, I don't think I've seen that's the most physical, stiff match, whatever you want to call it. I think I've seen in AEW. Did you see that match? Oh, heck yeah. Do you think Brian got concussed and was throwing up blood like he did in WWE after this one? Um, well, I don't know uh, because it, it, you know, he it's one of those, those things. Elbow where, strikes were crazy. And I tell you what, I mean, they made that look as real. And it might have been real. I don't know if Suzuki really knocked him out because, I mean, he hit him that one of those first elbow shots to the face. I mean, Danielson just dropped and it sounded so good. Yeah. Um, Cut his cheek. Yeah, and um, like I said, that was that was crazy. But I know Danielson, obviously, the next night came out and fought. Um, he wrestled Bobby Fish, and uh, boy, the whelps on his chest uh, went away for the most part. It's crazy how those can go away in such in twenty four hours like that. But um, yeah, that was just a crazy match. Uh, kind of, I didn't get a chance to go watch it again. But man, that was that was something. I, I enjoyed every minute of that match. That was awesome. That was. Uh, one of that was like the most New Japan like match they've had ever in AEW so far. I mean, it was stiff, physical. It, it, I, I felt like these guys were really like hitting each other. Like they were like legitimately fighting. And they, at some time, at some point, I mean, they they probably were, but it was uh, it was it was amazing. Yeah, and what's even more amazing, Suzuki's like fifty three years old. 
And this guy's been doing it forever. He started in mixed martial arts. He was the king of pancreas, like they said on AEW. But, like, how is this guy's body able to stay intact at the age of 53 when he's been doing this strong style forever? You know, I think it's the uh, the, the New Japan or the J- Japanese mentality, the toughness of these guys, because all those guys in, in Japan, you know, you got some older guys. Yuji, was it Yuji Nagata? Uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, there's another guy I'm trying to think of. The great Muda. Yeah, I mean the Great Muda had a, a very you know long career. Uh, you know, so and obviously those guys, I mean they, they, their matches are so physical, and I always wonder, you know, how can these guys have such longevity in, in their careers? And uh, it's uh, it's quite amazing that they can do that. But I think it's all you know because all these guys go through um i forgot what they call it but like they start as young young lions or something like that and they go through their um i think it's called an excursion and stuff and i think there they kind of learn the mentality of you know you know you go through all this pain but you don't you don't feel the pain and it's just that mentality of the japanese uh, in professional wrestling where they just don't let Pain is not an excuse. Uh, you know, no pain, no gain. I guess is a way you can and can can term it. But um, I think it all goes back to the mentality that they are built with when they go on these excursions and whatnot, and really learn that that Japan style of pro wrestling. Yeah, and I don't know, man. Like that match should have been, you know, main event on Dynamite. Oh, absolutely. But it was put on a buy-in, which obviously people are still seeing it. Over a million people have seen it. Yeah. But, like, man, the fact that we got that quality of a match on a YouTube video. Yeah, I was uh, I was thrilled to, to turn on YouTube uh, at 8 o'clock on Friday night. Uh, I, was, uh, I had no problem switching over from SmackDown to, to YouTube to watch that, uh, to watch that match. And it was one of those things where – um, you know, obviously SmackDown added 30 minutes uh, to go into Rampage. So Tony Khan said, well, hey, if you're going to do that, then I'm going to – I got uh, Brian Danielson and Minoru Suzuki. I'm going to put that on YouTube. So it just goes to show you that uh, Tony Khan is uh, – hey, he's like, hey, look, if you, you guys want to do that, well, I got something else for you right here. So uh, there you go. But, um, yeah, it was a great match. Uh, I, I'd watch it over and over again. I mean, it was – if you like that New Japan style, that's what Jonathan uh, Brinkman told me. Um, he was like, yeah, that's the most New Japan-like match I've seen uh, in AEW so far. And he loves that that style of wrestling, so he was all for it. But uh, really physical, stiff match, great match. Um. Yeah. At times, it makes you concerned for for Daniel Bryanson, uh, Daniel Bryanson, <laughs> Brian Danielson's uh, uh, concussion health or whatever you want to call it uh, after that beating he he took. Uh, but he won the match, so it was it was it was great. And another match I was pumped up for, not only because of Ty Conti's backside, but you know, a few weeks ago we were talking about the return of Wow women of wrestling and i was saying i wonder if santana garrett's going to show up over there to you know fight tessa blanchard for the title well santana garrett showed up on aew and i was really pumped until the match started and santana garrett was straight garbage in the ring she was worse than ruby soho dude (laughs) i never say that yeah, I kind of I wasn't paying too that close match of was attention. Garbage. I didn't pay too close attention to that match because I was just waiting for Minoru Suzuki and, and Brian Danielson. But um, yeah, I don't know much about Santana Garrett, but uh, 
you know, like I said, it was a. I, I don't pay too much attention. At least in that particular time, I didn't pay too much attention to to that particular match, just because, like I said, I was waiting for Danielson and and Suzuki, and uh, I kind of flipped back and forth on the buy in until we got uh, to to Danielson and Suzuki. I was flipping back and forth between SmackDown and that, but but yeah, um, I, I got nothing on for for that match. Nothing, no comment on that match. Bobby Fish kind of looked like a badass. Yeah, Bobby Fish. Yeah, I mean Bobby Fish is, is solid. He's a uh, you know he, he's a good guy to get in there and uh, r- really get it done. He had a good match with Danielson on a uh, on on Dynamite on, on Saturday night. So, um, all right, let's move on now. We mentioned Tony Khan a while ago, and um, uh, there were some comments made by Eric Bischoff um, on his uh, eighty three weeks podcast. Uh, this is what he said. This is what Eric Bischoff said. He said, if Tony were to call me and ask for any advice, here's what it would be. Shut up and wrestle, dude. Just put out the best product you can, and you've proven you can. Focus on that. This is weird coming from me, right? The guy that challenged Vince McMahon, the guy that gave away all of the finishes. But here's the difference. I was actually competing with them. I was going head-to-head, real head-to-head. My show started the same time his show started every week. Um, let's see, it says right here, as far as Khan saying he wouldn't make the same mistakes as Khan, I don't know, that makes sense, Bischoff said, Tony, you're inventing some mistakes, and continued, I'm a little disappointed in the rhetoric I'm hearing out of Tony as well as some of the talent, man, shut the fuck up until you're actually competing and you act, and you're actually competing favorably. And by the way, Tony, in 1996, I was kicking WWE's ass every week in a real head-to-head competition, not a cosplay competition. So that's what uh, Eric Bischoff had to say uh, to Tony Damn. Khan. Yeah, I know. That's some crazy words. Now, number one, um, at the beginning, he said, if Tony were to call me and ask for advice, well, guess what, Eric? No one called you and asked for advice. So maybe he has before. But And, and I, I do kind of see where where Eric is coming from in a sense, because it seems like, you know, as AEW is getting momentum, Tony's starting to get a little louder on social media and starting to clap back at people to an extent and really start to, you know, get, get confident. And sometimes, uh, you know, that, that confidence may turn into a little cockiness. And, you know, if I'm Tony, if I'm you, I know you got a lot of money. I know you got the hottest wrestling product in professional wrestling right now, but let's, uh, Let's not get too cocky and you know and and run this thing off the run this train off the tracks here. So um, you got something good going, and, and Tony's starting to get you know seems like he's starting to get a little more involved here in terms of uh, getting on Twitter and, and kind of clapping back at people. So I I don't know what to think about that. I mean I, I like it, but at the same time, you know I, I don't want Tony Khan to start biting off more than he can chew here. Yeah, and I think what brought Eric Bischoff to bring that up is, you know, we were talking before the show of how I watched him on wrestling, the barstool wrestling podcast. And, you know, he's not cringy as I thought he was after that ECW tribute. He actually sounded like a, you know, a nerdy, but cool guy. But, you know, on there, they talked about WCW's mistakes and how, you know, he is, I guess he studies, wrestling history and he he's not going to make the same mistakes that Eric Bischoff made and stuff like that. So I think that may have rubbed Eric wrong, you know, 
you know, bringing his name into that podcast, saying that he was a failure, pretty much. Yeah, that that could very well be a reason why uh, Eric definitely clapped back, uh, kind of at Tony a little bit. And it's crazy because you know Eric Bischoff has made appearances on AEW before too, so I figured they might have a, a decent little relationship there. But it seems like Eric is like, not yeah, apparently not anymore. So. Uh, I don't know, but uh, won't be getting that booking anytime soon. I, I guess not, but yeah, some interesting comments there from from Eric Bischoff uh, to to Tony Khan, and like I said, I kind of agree with Eric just a little bit, but at the same time, I, I like some of the things Tony's doing by really getting out in front and saying, "Hey, look, man, I got the hottest thing going right now." Uh, and he's not lying when he's saying how good his product is, but at the same time, I don't want him to buy at some point say something or do something that where he's going to bite off more than he can chew. So we'll see what happens, but I, I think Tony's a pretty smart guy, and I think he's going to be able to, uh, bet you know, cash check that uh, his uh, or how, how's the saying go? Um, write a check that your butt can't cash. I think his butt is able to cash uh, most of the checks that his mouth writes or what I don't know, something like that. So um, yeah, and you think Eric Bischoff would have been a great hire as a consultant for AEW because he could have gave the inside scoop of okay, Tony. This is kind of looking like where I was going. Here's where I messed up. Here's what I suggest that you do type things. Yeah. Like learn from his mistakes. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like in that interview, I I think Tony Khan mentioned something about how he kind of studied WCW and kind of saw where they made mistakes. And so I think Tony uh, is, is aware of where WCW probably did make mistakes. So I think Tony, hopefully he knows, you know, don't make those mistakes. Yeah, but he wasn't in the board meetings or the creative meetings where Eric could say, look, you know, we started listening to these guys when we had these ideas that would have worked. But these guys kind of won over the room, you know, and, you know, stuff like that. Well, behind the scenes type stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, very interesting comments from from Eric Bischoff. So uh, definitely wanted to get get our our thoughts in on on, on that. Yeah, it's a. and like I said, that might light a fire under Tony Khan's ass, and I, I'm all for it. So, all I right. would love to see Tony Khan make an appearance on 83 Weeks. That would be a very I, I, that would that might be Eric Bischoff's uh, most listened to episode uh, to date if he gets Tony Khan on there for sure. And they can just hash it out. Yeah, they can certainly. Um, would love to see Eric Bischoff help out old Tony Khan, and I, I think he, and I think with those comments, in a way. He at the same time while he was probably trying to you know clap back at Tony, uh, also I think he kind of wanted to help Tony a little bit with those comments as well. Like Tony, you know, you got a good product, just shut up and you know put your best product out there. So I think that's while Eric Bischoff kind of wanted to get back at Tony at the same time, I think he kind of wanted to help him with those comments as well. Tough love, if you will, is is what I think Eric Bischoff kind of was maybe trying to 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 give off there. Um, yeah, he's like, you keep clapping the back on social media like this, you're going to wake up the real beast in Vince McMahon, yeah. and then you're going to be sorry that he sees you as competition. Yeah, you're right, because uh, they always say Vince uh, performs the best when uh, his back's against the wall, so we'll see what happens uh, there. All right, it's, uh, it's time for Rumor Mill. David, you got some Rumor Mill stuff for us there. Yeah, boy, Braun Strowman met with... Impact Wrestling, Scott Demore in Detroit this past weekend, according to PW Insider, and they had a really long chat. Now, we've been hearing some stuff, you know, the past few months that Impact Wrestling is a real player in getting Braun Strowman. It seems like 
everything's moving. And, and the fact that WWE people are saying, and honestly, the only people that are having conversations about Braun Strowman and WWE is Braun Strowman's people. <laughs> so it yeah. seems like he's going to have to find with somebody else. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think he would be a, a, an okay fit for, for impact wrestling. Um, obviously I think he wants to go back to WWE ultimately, but it, it doesn't seem like WWE really, uh, wants him back, at least not right now. I mean, they may want him back later. And then I also saw an article uh, where Braun Strowman, he commented on if he's been in talks with AEW. And uh, this is, was his response. He said, yeah, we've sat down and discussed stuff like that with my agent and things like that. We're just trying to find a fit right now where everything kind of will work together since now there's so many things that I'm working on in my personal life. I don't have as much time to devote to the full-time schedule to wrestle now, so it's trying to find somewhere where I'll be able to land in there to show up, have fun, and entertain the people, but still be able to work on my side projects along the way. So uh, I, I obviously, I guess the, the, the thought of going to AEW has been there at times, but it doesn't seem like anything too serious is, is going on there. So it seems like right now, um, the most serious uh, talks he's had with anyone outside of WWE is with Scott Demore of um, uh, Impact Wrestling. So um, I, I guess at this point, you know, if we do see Braun Strowman wrestling at any point, it's going to be with Impact Wrestling. Yeah, and it seems like maybe AEW would be a better fit for what he's wanting to do because obviously he would just film once, possibly twice a week, no house shows. And then, you know, a pay-per-view every month or so. I just, uh, you know, the thing about Braun Strowman is I just don't see him as, you know, with his, you know, j just him in general fitting in with, with the style of wrestling that uh, AEW has. I mean, um, he's a big, you know, powerhouse kind of guy. And granted, AEW has their guys. they got powerhouse Hobbs. They got Wardlow. They got Lance Archer. And, uh, you know, they got, you know, I, mean, I would say the big show they got too, even though he doesn't wrestle that much. But um, I just, I don't know. I, I just don't feel that Braun Strowman is, uh, is the best. I think he'd be an okay fit with AEW. I think anyone could be an okay fit with AEW if they're good enough. But I think Braun, you know, it just I, I just see him as a WWE guy at the end of the day. I could see him fitting in better with Impact than I would with AEW. And if he does go with Impact, who knows? Maybe a relationship with AEW there can start, and maybe he can have like a one or two off in AEW. I think that would that would work okay for, for Braun Strowman. Speaking of comebacks in AEW, did you see at the end of the buy-in that uh, Leo Rush is going to make a comeback? Yeah, he's uh, – and I watched uh, Dynamite on Saturday. Apparently, uh, him and uh, old Dante Martin of Top Flight, they're going to – because Dante Martin's tag team partner has been injured and hasn't seen action for a while, and it doesn't seem like he's going to be back anytime soon. So Dante Martin's been kind of riding solo, but now it appears Leo Rush is going to – maybe tag with Dante Martin. So that could be a very interesting tag team right there. Yeah, it looks like he's going to create like a faction because on the little package they had on, on buy-in, supposedly he's scouting Matt Seidel pretty hard too. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be interesting. I'd be, uh, I'd be curious to see uh, what kind of faction Leo Rush puts together. Insider also says that Impact will be working on several surprises for Bound for Glory this year. Obviously, Braun Strowman might be one of them. What are some other people that got released that they maybe 
big surprises. Well, I know the uh, you know the the inspirations are going to be there, formerly known as the Iconics. <sighs> Oh, man, I was hoping to see them in AEW. Dang it. Well, here's the thing. When you work with Impact Wrestling, the door to AEW is kind of right there. So... You can't if you're working with Impact. You can't rule out the possibility of them going to AEW. But uh, I, I think uh, I think there's a good start for them post WWE to to go to to Impact Wrestling. God, they would have been perfect with Britt Baker. I I I would not disagree with you there. But like I said, I think they'll they'll be okay in Impact Wrestling. The Observer notes that current planned main events for Madison Square Garden on December 26th are Big E versus Bobby Ashley. And I said Ashley, didn't yeah, I? I Bobby Lashley and the WWE Championship uh, and Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Well, well you know, they, anytime they go to Madison Square Garden, they always try to put on the best show they possibly can. It's always a pretty big show. Um, those sound like some, some good matches to me. So. Um, I'm all for it, and I'm curious to see. I don't know if those are going to be on TV or not. I'm trying to think 26th is going to be maybe – is that going to be a Sunday or Monday? I don't know. I don't know if those are going to be on TV or not. I'm pulling up the calendar right here. 26th is a Sunday. Okay, so that's going to be uh, probably just like a house show kind of kind of deal. According to WrestleVotes, the Friday night ratings were a, in all caps, hot topic backstage at Raw last night, according to Matt Men's Andrew Zarin. I saw a thing where um, Shane Helms, uh, formerly known as the Hurricane, uh, he works backstage with WWE, and apparently he said something like, you know, no one was really talking about it. So um, I don't know. Um, maybe some people were talking about it. I it could have been a hot topic. I don't know. Uh, I would love to know if it was a hot topic, you know, what kind of things were said back there. But maybe Shane Helms is trying to just uh, kill that story. I don't know. But keeping things in-house. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, I'd love to know what kind of conversations are being had backstage when it comes to things of that nature. Uh, ratings, uh, you know, what's AEW up to and whatnot. Because I, I do believe... Those conversations are happening to an extent. Um, the only question is who's having those conversations? Is it upper management? Is it just superstars in the back shooting the shit? Or, you know, is it who's having those conversations? That's what I, I would love to know. And uh, what, what are the substance of these conversations? But I feel like that's something we'll never, never really know until, you know, way after the, those conversations are had. Yeah. And, you know, they, they've had to have felt the effect somehow. I don't know if it's, I don't know, merch sales or I don't know, maybe numbers on the Peacock Network. I don't know. But for guys like me who stuck with WWE or WWF through the Attitude Era, through the Monday Night Wars, and then all of a sudden now that AEW is here, we could give a damn less about WWE. They've had to have felt that in some way. Yeah, you're right because um – because obviously, in, during the Monday Night Wars, the Attitude Era, WWE's product was as hot as it ever was. And now the product, even before AEW got here, the product was starting to to really fall apart. And then, you know, you had a lot of those wrestling fans starting to tune in to, to you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Ring of Honor, where you had all the, you know, the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes... You had Kenny Omega really carrying the torch over in New Japan, and now they've all come together to start a major wrestling company here in, in the United States to really 
uh, challenge WWE in terms of popularity um, and, and the product and whatnot. So, yeah, it's uh, that's the thing. I think AEW is catching WWE at a really good time because their viewership is at an all-time low. Their product is not as good as it once was. They don't have the the star power that they used to have. Um, so, uh, yeah, I could definitely see that where WWE is kind of feeling that, you know. The Mad Men podcast also reporting that WWE will bring back the retro raw concept in January. Is that going to be now? Because I, I did see something about that. I don't know. Someone said that they might bring it back. Like, is it going to be for one night only or is it going to be like I would imagine so. Yeah, I, I would assume it's going to be for one night only. I mean, you know, obviously they do things like this and it's nice to do things like this every now and again. Um, but I feel like sometimes they may do this just because they're desperate for ratings. And um, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I always enjoy seeing old superstars come back, making appearances and kind of intertwining with the new guys, making some storylines happen and whatnot. So uh, I'd be all for it. Uh, I'd be all for it, too, to see if they tried, you know, to see if they can do it like every week. Not necessarily every week, but um, – I don't know, maybe get like an old look to Raw or something. I don't know. That's a thing. Like, uh, it, it feels like Raw needs something, and uh, maybe a retro kind of Raw or a retro feel to it is maybe what they need. So, And speaking of uh, – what's the word that I'm looking for here? You just said it, but I just forgot it. Change, well, anyways uh, – They've dropped the ball with this legit badass and his smoke show of a girl. WrestleVote says WWE is changing up Karrion Cross's presentation again. Cross will be more of a psycho, yet still calm and cool. They also say his theme music and, and entrance will change, and still no Scarlet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they know what to do with Karrion Cross, and uh, you know, in, in NXT, I mean, I mean, he had it going on. And uh, I know I know there was some backstage stuff. I don't know if he was hard to work with or, or whatever the case may be. And then they had the whole thing where Jeff Hardy beat him, and then that was kind of the beginning of his downfall. But um, yeah, I don't know. They they they're dropping the ball with this guy because when Triple H had a hold of him in NXT, I mean he looked like a legit badass, and now um, they're they're screwing him up just like they've done done numerous people on the main roster. Um, I don't know. Hopefully they can figure it out with Karrion Cross because they got something good there. And uh, why they have not implemented Scarlet Bordeaux yet, I have no idea. But um, hopefully they smarten up and uh, realize they got something good here and they, they book them right and get Scarlet with them. So Because uh, I think this is this, – because this guy, in my opinion, was like kind of the breath of fresh air that maybe the main roster needed. And then when he got there, they – just kind of dulled him down, watered him down, really. So uh, hopefully they, they turn him around and, and get him going and, and do something good with him. Besides Demon Finn, one of the coolest interests in wrestling history. I mean, if you talk about all of wrestling history, obviously you got to mention The Undertaker. Um, but uh, maybe today, yeah, like in the last couple of years, yeah, Karrion Cross has had uh, top two or three entrances in, in all of WWE. I bet you, I mean, I'm pretty sure that um, the little shoot video that uh, Mick Foley put out, 
I mean, rang so true to Karrion Cross, and he's just waiting for that contract to expire to give them the double birds. That could be a possibility, too. Um, obviously, some guy... That'd be the hottest free agent in years. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Adam Colbebe was a pretty hot free agent there for all of two weeks, but... Um, yeah, I mean, that could also be a possibility. We've seen a number of guys do that already and uh, jump ship over to AEW. So we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, I- I'll be curious to see what they do with him to see if it works. But uh, the way they've handled him so far, I'm not confident that's going to happen. Boy, speaking of Adam Cole, I, I thought we were almost saw a-, a heel turn with Jungle Boy when he ran up on the Super Click the other day and started beating up uh, Adam Cole, baby. A heel turn from... He's wearing all black? Oh, uh, yeah, I did see that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, I don't know if he's just trying a new look or, or what, what the deal is. I don't know. I don't I don't see, a, I heel, like, I don't see a heel turn a- with Jungle Boy, though. He's got the whole cool entrance thing where the, the crowd waves back and forth with, and he's got Jungle Express, their good thing going. So I don't see a heel turn coming from Jungle Boy anytime soon. Yeah, but at the same time, historically, uh, that's something that the face just doesn't do. Yeah, but I feel like AEW is, you know, one of those they're a company that that, that goes against the grain when it comes to heel and, and face. I mean, they still do it, don't get me wrong, but they may not follow the traditional guidelines when it comes to what a heel and what a face does. So So it looks like we're probably going to get a program with Jungle Boy and uh Bebe. This is going to be amazing. Oh, absolutely. I I I was thinking those two were going to wrestle each other at a, at at full gear. Uh I I think. So, I know there was like a leaked card that apparently tony khan had on a, a notebook that got leaked but um and i think that might have been one of the matches if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong but uh definitely i mean since day one i mean when adam cole baby you know um debuted he, he the first guy in the company to get a super kick was jungle boy so right there you, you basically set that up out of the gate so uh that'd be a fantastic match though yeah well that's it that's a show patrick yeah man really good show uh again this week uh a lot of good things to look forward to coming up here we got crown jewel coming up in a couple of days uh you know aw is going to continue their momentum looking forward to full gear coming up in, in a handful of weeks actually a little less than a month away from now as well so a lot of fun things to look forward to here coming up in pro wrestling yeah, if you're looking to help your boys out and support the show, you like what we do and you want to keep it going, maybe uh, so we can afford some uh, new equipment or maybe get our own uh, office building where we can start our own recording studio. That'd be dope. One of the easiest ways that you can help us out is by going to our Amazon affiliate link. It's tinyurl.com forward slash Amazon AMP. That's Amazon AMP. What that will do, that will send you straight to Amazon. That's our affiliate link. Anytime you make a purchase from that link, we will get a commission. Nothing will be added to your cart. You'll be paying the same thing as if you just went to Amazon.com. But when you use tinyurl.com forward slash Amazon AMP, a commission comes back to us for sending you to Amazon. Now, save that on your browser, whether it's on your phone or whether it's on your computer. Title it Amazon. And every time you um, go and get Christmas presents coming up or maybe some decorations for Thanksgiving or Halloween, make sure you use that link right there and your boys will get a little commission. All right, Patrick, get us out of here, son. Outro. 
You've been listening to the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast with David Boston and Patrick Fry. All opinions discussed in the show are those of Average Marks and do not represent any wrestling company, organization, or individual. This has been a Lake Area Media LLC production.